Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining, joined by my co-host, Jeremy Dunn. Jeremy, welcome to the Sunday show, man. Hi. How are you? How are you? I'm just peachy. That's great. That's just great. Just peachy um, my, my computer's rebooting, so that's why I'm not in the chat room yet. That's fine. Um, um, so, I listened to the show. Yes. Uh, last week, and it was very well. Everything went fine. I knew it would, See? but, you know. Yeah, and, it, <laughs> and even when Mom called in. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I thought it went well. Scott was good. Scott was good to me. Yeah, Scott's great. I love it when he fills in, you know, for you. Because he, he likes to talk, too, so. <laughs> you know what I mean? As long as I have somebody else who likes to talk, we're good. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's a dead silence that kills everything. That's right. It's like, okay, so let's who who can be silent? It, it's good that you know you've got a couple of people that enjoy listening to themselves speak. So, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, okay. Scott. Love you, Mina. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I feel so. Um, I feel so like rejuvenated after last week. You know, I wasn't yes. here doing the show because I was speaking, and it was the first time that I was speaking publicly, and of all places, it was in Washington, D.C., you know, no pressure, um, and it, it went off great, you know, I, I I had a great response from people, people were cheering and, you know, standing up when I was done, and one girl in the front row was like, you're the best speaker here, and blah, 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 and all this other stuff, you kept it real, and I was just like, woo, you know, like it was just overwhelming, I didn't expect that type of reaction the first time I went out there. That's Awesome. I, I think that's was, terrific. Yeah, definitely What'd reassured about? me. What did you say? Well, my whole thing I was supposed to speak on was how to use social networking sites to uh, reach people living with HIV and AIDS. And how would you do? So you did, did well. Great. You know, obviously great. I talked about Pause I Am. I talked about the radio show. But I talked about, um, you know, like besides promoting the stuff that I did, I shared bits of my story. But then I also went in and I talked about how ASOs can use places like Facebook and right. Twitter, and Pause I Am, and all other different kinds of social networking sites to, to reach people. Because they, 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 I try to let them know that you, you're never too old to, to get a, to a MySpace or a Facebook, because my grandmother is in her 80s, and she has a Facebook page. You know what I mean? So you're, like, you're never too old to just go and, and post something, you know, once a day or twice a day or something like that to, to get somebody's attention. And all of ASOs don't use social networking sites. So Right. A lot of them don't. It was good, but I got a one response from this lady um, who lives in Memphis, and I'm so sorry I forgot her name. And um, I don't think we were formally actually introduced. We talked for a while, but we never actually exchanged names. And um, she said that she loved the show and the idea of it, and she wants to use our podcasts that are in the archives to run her support group. She will have her support group listen to the radio show together 
And then at the end of the radio show, they will sit down and discuss whatever we talked about. Wow. And I was so, like, that's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of like Oprah's book club. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Actually, um, I think I have Shirley here. Shirley's our guest tonight, and she's going to come on, and she's going to talk about Paz Peddlers, and she just did the um, AIDS life cycle and right. things of that nature. And I always love having females on because we don't get a lot of females that are vocal. So uh, I'm just excited to get a woman a on girl. who will talk about HIV. Yay, <laughs> girls we have a don't girl. come on. So let, let, let's bring uh, Shirley on. Shirley, All welcome right. to Positive Radio. Hello? Shirley, are you there? Uh-oh. Rob, mm, are you I, there? Okay, I'm here, Rob. yes, I'm here, but I don't know if... Uh, that is Shirley, area code 862. I think it is. I'm going to hang up and maybe she'll call back in. I don't know if it, maybe there's a bad connection or something that she has. But um, she's going to come on and talk about, you know, uh, doing the AIDS life cycle, which is the seven-day, what is it, 545 miles that you ride on bikes, you know. and Which is crazy to me. I mean, I can't even do two miles on the treadmill, <laughs> let alone five miles. You know, fi- or 545 miles, what is it, from San Francisco to Los Angeles? Um, I is believe that, so. Is that right? Yes. San Francisco right. to Los Angeles. Yes. Woohoo! Pulled that right <laughs> off the top of my head. But uh, it, it's, it, and I think they go down Highway 1, the Pacific Coast Highway, all the way, to, it, it's just crazy to me, to, and because there's hills and turns and <laughs> weather. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. I think we have Shirley back here on the line, so let's see. Shirley, welcome to Paz I Am Radio. Why am I not getting her sound? Hi. I don't know. Hello. Hi, Shirley. Are you there? I yeah, heard hi, some... this is Shirley. Hi, hi Shirley. Shirley. Welcome to the show. Oh, we're just watching. I'm watching through my interpreter. That's all. Oh, okay. Got you. So... So you're watching okay, through your interpreter? Yeah, I'm just watching through the interpreter. Okay. Okay, okay. so who who else do we have on the phone with Shirley, the, her interpreter? I have somebody here Sorry? on the line. Please here, but I don't know that I need an interpreter. Can you hear me? Yeah, we yeah, can I hear you. you. So, I'm confused. So, I'm confused too. So who do we have on the line? <laughs> do we have Shirley? Listen, I'm deaf and I'm speaking through an interpreter. Got you. Thank you. I was trying to figure that out. So there we go. That's how that works. So Shirley, welcome to the show. Uh, we hey. are so glad to have you come on. <laughs> I, I'm excited to be here. Excellent. Excellent. We're excited that you're here. So, Shirley, tell us a little bit about um, what you're doing with Paws Peddlers. Well, I am presently on the board of directors, and that's been a very challenging and exciting opportunity for me. Um, you know, at first, at first we were focused on AIDS life cycle in California, and now we are branching out so far throughout the United States, and it's such a great opportunity to be able to reach other cycling events um, and address those challenges. 
to bring aboard AIDS awareness on the smaller cycling events throughout the United States. And I'm heading up the communication um, committee, which is fun and exciting, um, to bring aboard awareness and eliminate the stigma that's associated with HIV and AIDS. That's terrific. I mean, how long have you been involved with that? It's been about, I, let's see, um, June of 2008 was my first AIDS ride. I had no idea that positive peddlers existed. I was introduced to them during um, AIDS Life Cycle 8, and about three months after that, I joined the board. So I guess about a year and a half. Wow. That's terrific. And so, so you just recently did 545 miles? <laughs> I have done, let's see, the first year was 545 miles. The second year was 565 miles. Oh, God, they added so, 20 miles? They did add 20 miles, but I have to admit, <laughs> and, hats, and hats off to AIDS Life Cycle because day five was normally considered what they called a rest day, but that was really a lie. Because I would be in a cardiac arrest. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> exactly. They called it rest day, but it really wasn't a rest day because it was like the most hilly, ro hilly day of the ro of the ride. And um, but the 20 miles they added on to it was absolutely beautiful. We rode to Solvang and Santa Barbara, and just having the opportunity to raise awareness through some other cities was just amazing. So that made it all worthwhile. Oh my God! I, I still can't imagine going 565 miles on on a bicycle. Do you I, cycle? I, on a bicycle? I, Do you I, cycle? Yeah. Oh God, no! I don't no? even run. Yeah, no, I I, I fall over. <laughs> I am one of the most <laughs> uncoordinated people you'll ever meet. You I, I, I have bicycle. to have a tricycle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we have people that ride on tricycles. You should come join us. It's so much fun. Oh, God. You know what? Isn't that isn't that the the, the, the same thing that uh, is in Bob Bauer's movie that he did? Wasn't that the I'm not, cycle? I um, don't know. He Jeremy? did something on bikes. In the fire Bob's within, crazy yeah. Crazy to do anything, yeah. I think it was that one, the AIDS life cycle. They did, and and they showed like um, the behind the scenes of it all, and I couldn't imagine doing all of that. Oh, I. Couldn't you know what either. I mean? But uh, it's really, amazing. But, uh, it's great because it's you know what. It, it, if you were a cycler, you know, when were you, first let's back up a little bit. When were you diagnosed with HIV? Or I was diagnosed in 1998. And okay, I signed up for AIDS Life Cycle in September. And I didn't own a bike. And I was not athletic. And I started training in November. Wow. 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 I, I, that's just, I, I'm still wrapping my Anybody head can do it. Oh, gosh. He says you. Yeah, but if you have the determination, <laughs> definitely. And, and you weren't somebody who was athletic beforehand, which is no. something that is, is awesome, that, you know, in a way that it's, it's, it's transformed you to, to be healthier, I guess, since you are now pedaling. <laughs> yes, and I love my bike. She actually has a name. Lola and I are best friends. <laughs> now, do you go out with Lola every day? No, um, I ride Lola probably, I ride about about 70 miles a week, um, but my husband and I have just relocated to Utah, so um, I'm actually hoping to 
commute back and forth to work, at least not in the snowy season. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, because Utah gets cold in the winter. Yeah, it's but I only hot. live like. Yeah, it's but it's so nice here. It's beautiful. I mean, everybody keeps asking me if I'm Mormon, and I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> but, <laughs> there are other and, people and, that live in Utah, yes. Yeah, and nothing against anyone who's listening that's Mormon, you know. But no, I'm I'm not Mormon. I'm all I'm all for equal rights and awareness and the whole nine yards. And kind of felt like I was like following a calling to expand Pods So awesome. Yeah. Is there um? So how many people do this the AIDS life cycle? Is, uh, well, I think I read twenty five hundred. 2,500, I believe this year because of the economy, there was about 2,200 cyclists. And it takes approximately 500 roadies, those are the volunteers, um, that literally move this city from one area to another to accommodate all of us. That's, that's so we have cyclists, you know, we have showers, we have medical, we have chiropractic, we have sports medicine, we have you know, the cafeteria area and then the tenting area and then they have the um, NAAA meetings and the whole nine yards that just literally move us from one area to another. Wow. And it's really like, it, you know, I can't, I really, it kind of, this kind of sounds cliche, but it's literally living in a perfect world for seven days. Wow, it really is. I mean, even though you're sta- even though you're sleeping in a tent and you're standing in line to go to the porta potty and you're standing in line for food, I mean, yeah, and you guys can all laugh at that because it is, you know, sometimes when you've got to go really, really bad and you're like in the line, you're like, oh please, I just wanted to run into flushes. You're little, literally living in a perfect world because there is no stigma, there is no prejudiceness, and it's so nice to be able to see everyone. No matter what your sex, you know, no matter what sex you are, no matter what your sexual orientation is, everybody's just free to like just be themselves. Isn't that cool? Yeah, and it's nice to be able to watch people. You know, like I walk around the camp holding hands with my husband, and then my best friend, who is Marie, will walk around holding hands with her wife, you know, Tammy, and it's just, it's just really, you know, it's. And my, I attended David and Kevin's wedding, and they can walk around holding hands, and there's no prejudiceness, and that's just amazing. That is awesome. Yeah, that's what the, the way it should be. be. Like. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and you so, just kind of um, like. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, it's just kind of like you you live that for seven days, and then you leave, and and you just kind of grasp onto a a piece of it, and and you just want to take that back to the real world, and hope that it's contagious. So you just recently moved to Utah. <laughs> yeah. Where are you from before that? Were you from California? I was born and raised in Long Beach, California. I've lived um, in many different parts of the world. I've lived in Hawaii, and wow. um, I also have lived in Louisiana, uh, New Orleans, and spent a large portion of my time in St. Louis, Missouri. And then I came back to California, and that's when I was diagnosed with um, HIV. And I met my wonderful husband. And about five years ago, we got married. And, you know, the economy in California sucks. (laughs) (laughs) 
this sucks. I, I saw your sucks. wedding pictures, and they are beautiful. Yeah, we actually had two weddings in one day. It was absolutely beautiful. We had, you know, he was he was a trooper. He let us, you know, he let me, like, live out my fantasy as far as getting married goes, and that was, like, so much fun. I'm kind of an earth-based religion, so, you know, we got married in the park, and some of our family members wouldn't attend because they were a little nervous about, like, you know, the whole nine yards. But anyway. Being a spell put on them or something? <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. So they wouldn't yeah. come. So then we had, like, a traditional wedding in my sister's backyard um, later on that afternoon for everyone else. And it was just, like, a magical day. It was absolutely fabulous. And I can't wait for him to be here because he's not in Utah yet. He won't be no. here until Thursday. Oh, so what are you... Okay, so do tell. What are you doing until until he gets there? <laughs> working, 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 working. And I'm like, I can't wait for my bike to be here, and I can't wait for my husband to be here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's have sex and go for a ride. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Forget Yay, Lola. She said it. Woohoo! <laughs> let's just have sex and then get up in the morning and go for a ride and come home and have sex again. You know, it's like yeah, awesome. it's been yes. it's been a it's been a rough three weeks, but you know, <laughs> three weeks. Matt, wow. if you're listening, get your ass home. <laughs> yes, Matt. Hopefully, you're listening because she's uh, <clears throat> she might be riding Ready. more than that bike soon. <laughs> I know he's like he's like getting in the car right now if he's listening. <laughs> Probably are you in the car? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, that's funny. So, <laughs> so, okay, so we are totally um, taking going off on this weird tangent, but I, I want to bring us back a little bit. Tell us about your story. How did it begin up till now? The floor is yours. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, like I said, I was diagnosed in um, 1998. And basically, in a nutshell, I had a girlfriend that was going to college to be a probation officer. And when she graduated from college, she had applied to be a, um, what do you call those people, uh, a guard at a prison? Uh-huh. They're called prison guards. A correctional officer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at a prison. Sorry. And... She had to be tested for AIDS, and she was afraid to go have a test by herself because literally the the, um, college suggested that she go down to the local health department. So, you know, she's like, surely I have to go get this AIDS test. And, I mean, we were born – she's the same age as I I am. So we were born in, you know, the sexual freedom – you know, the sexual freedom time and – so we'd probably she'd probably had more than one sex partner. As a matter of fact, I know she had because she was a really good friend of mine, and she was really really nervous. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to say her name just in case, but you know, I said, no big deal. Let's just go. I'll go with you. We'll go get an AIDS test together. And so we went down to the local um, health healthcare de- department in Santa Ana, California, and we had an AIDS test. And Back then, you literally had to wait two two weeks for your results. So we go back in two weeks, and she's like, I'm negative, I'm negative. And I'm like, well, these SOBs lost my test. And I had, I had to get tested again. But I had no idea. 
I had no idea that I had tested positive, but they just wanted to retest me before they said that. I mean, I had no idea that I was positive. I was married. I had two children. Um, no idea. So I let them test me again. She said, oh, don't worry. I'll come back with you. And I almost didn't go back to my results because I was almost like 99% sure that I wasn't positive. And two weeks later, I went back in and found out that I was positive. And, you know, I mean, anybody that's listening, my story is no different than anyone else's. Your world just kind of shatters. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even if you're doing things that that put you at risk, you still don't think that you are ever that big of a F-up. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Or you keep praying that you're not, whatever. Right. You say so that to other people. Yeah, it's like it's anybody else but me, you know, it's the it's that person down the road that's you know, that you judge that's worse than you are, or whatever. But um so I found out I was positive and, you know, needless to say my world shattered and pretty much lived in seclusion for quite some time. Um found out my husband was um not positive, um, which was a good thing. And so I still wasn't quite sure where it all happened. So you know, you kind of like lose sleep and middle of the night you wake up and like, oh my gosh, maybe it was, you know, this time or maybe it was then. And I left my husband and because I didn't want to live with any kind of guilt of infecting anyone else. And gradually about two years I was in depression and state of shock. After about two years I thought, I can't live like this. This isn't worth it. Um, and decided that I could do one of two things. You know, I could either give up and just die, or I could fight back and make a difference in someone else's life. Mm-hmm. De- decided that, you know, the second alternative was greater than the first, <laughs> and started speaking out. Um, I joined um, AIDS Service Foundation in Orange County and joined their positive speaking program, started speaking out to colleges and high schools, um, realized that I pretty much had a knack for public speaking and started doing fundraisers for them and over the next five years raised probably close to $4 million for them. Wow. By, re- wow. by speaking out and, um, tell- and and helping other people that were newly diagnosed. I mean, the, fir- the first two years are the worst. Right. Yeah. You know, after... I'm sure you guys will all agree, the first two years are the worst. And after that, you just kind of, you either accept what you have or you or you get into a major depression. And me and depression just have never gotten along. <laughs> Slap that bitch around. Exactly. <laughs> Send over, baby. I got news for you. <laughs> you know? Rock on. Um, yeah. So did you... Uh, so tell us about your 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 HIV discovery. Did you find out that you had to have meds go into meds right away? Um, so what what happened then? Well, I did have to go on meds right away. My um, T cell count was about 212, and my viral load was close to 400,000, which I guess I've learned today that that's pretty high for a woman. So I did go on meds right away, and. I'm sorry. I know that some of I know some people have really great success and have no horror stories with meds, but mm-hmm. 
me and Meds back in the late 1990s did not get along at all. Um, I took 27 pills a day. It was just, it was crazy. I just didn't like it. But I stayed on them long enough to get my viral load undetectable and get my T cells up to look close to 600. And um, I finally went into my doctor one day and said, you know, look, um, I need to know what it's like to be Shirley with HIV. I went from being Shirley and a drug addict, because I was addicted to math when I was married to my husband. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I know what it's like to be Shirley on meth, and I know what it's like to be Shirley off meth and HIV positive and on meds, but I didn't know what it was like to just be Shirley and HIV positive. Does that make that's, sense? That's a fair statement. Absolutely. Shirley, I want to hold you for one second. I actually have a caller on the line, and I want to bring them on before they hang up. <laughs> it's hard to wait. Okay. So hold no on problem. one second. Let me just bring this person on. Caller, area code 337. Welcome to Positive Radio. This is Dwayne. Hey, Dwayne, how, how you? are you? All right, and y'all. Uh, I applaud Shirley for her ride because uh, I had posted a while ago on the chat that when I was younger, I had to ride between 20 and 30 miles a day just to get to the nearest big town. Now, I don't think I could do it. So I got to <laughs> applaud her. You know, and I agree with what you said about the meds in the 90s, but unfortunately, I'm still taking that amount. You know, oh my gosh. HIV, HIV meds, and then you add the depression meds and this and that and everything else. But I've learned to accept it. This has been going on 21 years, so I remember when the meds were toxic. And also, it's like, I thank God I'm still here. Where do but you I live? Lafayette, Louisiana. Oh, darn, you're too far away. I'm like, you can come ride with me. I'll ride 10 miles with you. Oh, I, I could probably go more than 10 miles. I'm almost positive, but it's like, I don't, I don't know. I used to be able to do it because, you see, I live in Lafayette now, but where I grew up was, was nine miles out of Lafayette, and the nearest other town was 11 miles in the opposite direction. So it's like, okay, you get a job. Once you get to the job on the bicycle, you don't want to work because you're exhausted. So <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Sense. Louisiana is really, really humid. And hot. <laughs> it yeah, so I'm like, hot. you can ride five miles, and it's like riding 50 in, in some states. It's like, right. it's so humid. But I have to applaud you, you know, I was listening to that a while. I had a little trouble logging in, but I finally got got in, and it's like a... Uh, I was like, great! I'm glad. I'm glad you could do it. I wish I had the the energy to do it. I just don't have it anymore. I like I like to kill myself yesterday just moving some furniture, and it's like I'm gonna hurt for the next two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like somebody needs to get back to the gym, there, Dwayne. Well, <laughs> when, when somebody offers you a free bed, two TVs, a futon, and stuff, and you don't have no furniture of your own, you go. You go. There's no, you don't question what it is. You just because you see, yesterday we were supposed to be just going to pick up a futon and a, a TV. We end up coming back with a full size bed, futon, two TVs, and oh god, the truck was full. Nice. I know, so it's like all uh, for you. Yep. And nice. Uh, so I, you see, I I I have I have a boyfriend of oh, it'll be uh, I've been positive for be it's 21 years this month actually. 
Um, he is still negative. He's been my boyfriend for the same length, almost the same length of time. And um, But sometimes it's nice to sleep alone, especially when you're not feeling well from your meds and stuff. You need your own space. So I finally set up my own room. <laughs> what meds are you on? Oh, um, okay. Let me think. Um, uh, <laughs> shoot. Uh, and, you know, I have them all, all written down. Um, it's okay. It's no big deal. Just curious. Uh, let's put it this way. You know, when I go to the doctor, I bring my cell phone, and I, I just pull it up on my cell phone. Here, read. <laughs> that's, what, that's how big a list I have, and it's like, uh, but Intriva, uh, um, I can't think of the other two. But, that's no but problem, I gotta, but thanks for calling in, man. Uh-huh. So, Shirley, um, I just want to go back a little bit and talk about um, where we left off when you said you um, started taking meds and, you know, you were feeling the, the – the greater joys, you know, out of it. Of course, you were having some bad times <laughs> while taking them. How do you deal with them? Are you on them now? Yeah, I'm on meds now. I just went back on meds. Actually, I went back on meds about six weeks before um, AIDS life cycle this year. And um, under strict doctor, I mean, I'd been under strict doctor's care uh, when I went off meds, and I was off meds for about four years, and I was one of the lucky ones that my counts didn't fluctuate a whole lot. And when I started training for AIDS life cycle, um, I think that, that because I was pushing my body so hard and it hadn't been pushed like that since, like, high school, <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it kind of played tricks on, on, my, on, my, um, on my counts. And um, I went down to about 159 T cells. And although my doctor wasn't really concerned about that, he was concerned about the percentage of healthy cells that I had in my body, which had usually ranged about 28%, and we were now down to about 19%. Yeah, it, and my viral load, my, huh? Oh, I was just going to, I, I was going to comment to say that um, they're, they're tending to lean towards using the percentage in, in, as, as, a, as a tool a lot more yeah, than they had. Yeah. And that's really what, like, you know, that I never really, like, when I was first diagnosed, I followed my counts really strategically it was like I wrote everything down I knew exactly what they were and and I lived by them but you know I, I finally got to the point where you couldn't do that anymore because it just was like there was n no sense to it you know you eat healthy you exercise you lost 20 pounds and still your counts went down or you know your your t-cells went down your viral load went up so I started really following my percentage of healthy cells and when that dropped dr drastically you know, I asked my doctor, okay, what are we doing here? Because this isn't good. I, and I understand. I mean, I'm not a specialist, but I knew that 33% to 19% was not good. And he said basically in that show, I probably need to go back on, on meds. And at first I like told him, when the ride's over, I'll go back on meds. Let me just get through this ride. And he's like, and he was very supportive. You know, Dr. Rodriguez in Orange County, he's amazing. He said, no problem. And then we went out for one more count, one more blood work before the ride and went from 19% to 13%. And I said, something's not right. You know, something's happening that's not good. Right. So 
I talk to them and logically you have to sit there and say, okay, um, I'm putting out this much stress. I was riding literally about 150 miles a week on my bicycle and I thought if I'm wasting and then, I don't know, they, I guess they tell you that when you're first diagnosed that your body puts out so much energy fighting the disease and that's why you get fatigued. Yep. You know, I, I told him, I said, if I'm pushing my body that hard, that all of these dormant, you know, HIV mutants that are like in my fat cells and stuff that are just lying there and I'm forcing them to be active in my body because I'm forcing my body to be more active than it's ever been, then how much energy am I totally wasting? You know what I mean? I, I'm not a doctor and I don't know how to describe it except that if, I'm, if, if I normally spend 25% of my energy fighting HIV, and now all of a sudden all these dormant cells are, are becoming active in my body and I'm spending 35% of my energy, then no wonder I can't make it up to the top of the hill. So I decided right before the ride to go back on meds. And he was supportive either way. I, I um, think that's great. I, I, think, I, I think what was um, what, what's terrific is that you have a doctor who is uh, who who is um, supportive, whether or not because meds is always that 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 elephant in the room, you know that mm-hmm. that either they, they they work really well for some people or for some people they just can't tolerate them. But and, and some folks go on a med holiday. Some people, you know, just live and die by meds, you know, figuratively speaking. Right. And, um, you know, it's I, – I, I think that's terrific that you have that support, especially as, from your doctor. Yeah, he was exceptionally – like, he was an amazing person. I'm, I've moved and, and haven't found a new doctor yet, but he was amazing – you know, it was like I, I explained to him the, the, the pluses and the minuses for me. He's like, it's your call. And we went, chose to go back on meds, went on a tripla. And. So are you on I a mean, tripla now? Yeah. Yeah, I'm on, the, I, I'm also taking a tripla. How, how are you, how are you um, handling it? Um, basically, in a nutshell, I don't have any problems with it except that, you know, I mean, the diarrhea that you have with any, I mean, people, it seems that, and, I, and I'm and i sorry, that some people probably don't want to hear about this part of it, but I mean, to me, people either have diarrhea with the meds or they don't. There's no, like, happy medium. It's either a problem or it's not. And right. for me, meds, for me, part of meds, that's part of the side effect, which makes it, like, the part that you don't want to, like, be on it, but... All in all, there's like, you know, there's no muscle aches. There's no, you know, I haven't had any weird dreams or. No, you haven't. No. Oh, you are missing out. I know. I'm like, what's up with that? Let me. I can't like have sex with Brad Pitt while I'm in Utah. My husband's in California. It's like, come on. I I will tell you that um, even today, (laughs) if I don't if I don't take the meds right before I go to bed and go to sleep, I will sit there and I will. You know, because the sestiva, um crosses the blood-brain barrier and it causes hallucinations and things. 
And I will sit there and I will watch things crawl across the ceiling. I watched one time I'm laying in bed and I couldn't get to bed or I couldn't get to sleep. And I'm staring at the window and then all of a sudden I see the window come in at me like it was a 3D movie and a giant ladybug crawl up the, crawl up the window. It, it's that kind of stuff. Oh, my gosh. It's like an acid trip. But and I have to take it. I am totally missing out. You are missing out. Damn. <laughs> like, up the dose, up the dose. <laughs> Hell, I'm taking two tonight. <laughs> well, exactly. so you, she literally got the shitty end of the deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Welcome oh. to my life. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. I wonder what would happen if you took. I wonder what would happen if you took two. Oh God, I wouldn't want to try it because, good lord. It, well, you know why they don't let pregnant women take Sestiva, right? Why because, they don't let women? No, pregnant women. Oh, I'm um, sorry. If you if you're pregnant, don't take Sestiva because apparently in lab tests with monkeys. <laughs> babies were being born with like three eyes and <laughs> it was crazy <laughs> oh my lord yeah it's, it's good stuff man good stuff <laughs> jeez <laughs> anyway yeah. again i digress i took it down another route that you know it's just holy smokes anyway back to you <laughs> but you know what hats off to like the, the medical like you know arena you could take three pills in one versus 26 pills in one day. Exactly, exactly. You know, I mean, regardless of the side effects, I mean, you know, hats off. It's like, it, and no refrigeration, with or without a meal, it's like foolproof. You just take it and go to sleep and whatever. You know, hopefully yeah. you have those great dreams instead of the ones that, you know, people are getting shot. But whatever, regardless, it's foolproof. Oh, I... I Sometimes the the dreams are great and sometimes they're bad. I mean, I've had some where I kind of would wake up in the middle of the dream and there would I had one where a demon was sitting on my chest. Oh god. Yeah, I've heard horror stories about sativa. As a matter of fact, when I went on a trip, the doctor wanted to put me on sativa and I said no because right. I don't sleep I don't sleep good anyway. I mean and. He's like, sativa and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, no sativa. I'm not taking that crap. You know, it's like, <laughs> no. I'm allergic I'm, to it. I can't take it. No? No, that I took, because I started uh, Tripla, I believe it was like last year probably around this time, and I broke out in hives. And I was allergic yeah, I broke, to sativa. I broke out in hives for the first week I started taking it, and they put me on steroids. And then they went away, and he just said it was, like, a side effect. But, yeah, I, like, my husband, I started taking it, and two days later, my husband, it was cold, it was wintertime, we went on a ride, and I had on this, like, um, sports bra that was, like, a bodysuit, because it was really, really cold. And we went on this ride, and about 40 miles later, we got home, and I took off the sports bra, and my stomach was all in a rash, and I thought, you know, had to be because obviously I wasn't as cold as I thought I was. Maybe I, you know, kind of a little bit of a heat rash, you know, start sweating or whatever. And <laughs> took a shower, no big deal. That that evening my husband's like, is your neck okay? <laughs> 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 I 
I don't know why. What's wrong with my neck? He's like, you've got little bumps on it. And I'm like looking at it. And now it's like all over my boobs and my back. And all my nose. So I'm like, oh, my God, what's happening to me? The That's next morning I woke up, it's on my face, my hands, down to my mm-hmm. knees. I'm like calling the doctor going, no. <laughs> I was completely covered in it. My partner woke up to finding me like from the neck down laying in the tub covered with water. Oh, geez. Because <laughs> it was itching so bad. Um, I just want to remind people, we're getting down to the last 20 minutes, and you can call in and talk to Shirley at 347-215-9442. I do have a caller on the air, so I'm going to bring them on to speak okay. with us. Caller 937, area code. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Oh, uh, this is Lonnie <laughs> from Ohio. Hey, how are you, man? Oh, doing pretty good, pretty good. <clears throat> uh, I was going to laugh when you guys were talking about the Antriptyla. Uh, I have what they call the uh, ongoing dream that I actually will start over where I left off the night before and I've had dreams that lasted up to three weeks. So it's kind of funny in a way. I mean, this was the first time I ever had side effects. And And you got a series. That's awesome. Yeah, I get a series. Yeah, it's really neat. (laughs) (laughs) No joke. You need to break out the journal. You could be the next Harry Potter. Like, you know, you could, like, just really write the next movie. Like, you know, take the next fantasy movie to the next step. (laughs) And can you imagine that interview with Barbara Walters? So what inspired you for this story? A tripla? (laughs) 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 That could be amazing. (laughs) <laughs> More than that, you know. Let me tell you. Oh well. That's but great. No, I, I did, I'm just glad to see you on here. I, I think we need to see more women on here. And, oh and, my gosh. And, yeah, I mean, I really do. I think that I got Thank a couple you. of friends of mine that do our. I, I belong to an AIDS ministry out of the United Methodist Church where I live at, and. Anyway, we have a couple ladies that's, uh, you know, on our committee that it took them a long time to be able to come out. And so, of course, they hung around with me, and that blew it all to hell for them. So that's besides the point. But anyway, <laughs> I, 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 I need to hear from the women. You know, we really do. I mean, you guys, the drugs aren't designed, wasn't designed, period, for you. And so you guys really get to, I mean, I guess it should be in the stick, I should say. Well, but, it's amazing because when I first got diagnosed, I went into like AIDS Service Foundation of Orange County, and you know, and I thought I'm just going to go out there. I'm going to meet other people. I just need to meet other people, and you know, for a long, long time, I was just called like, you know, excuse the expression. It's not my expression. It was other people's expression. You know, the fag hag, and I was like, <laughs> wait, it's you know, I mean, and I, it was so hard because I mean. For the first three years I was diagnosed, I thought I was the only woman in California that had AIDS. Oh, I, yeah, I can believe that. I really can. And it, 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 we, one of the great ladies I know is from Cleveland, and you know, I really thought, oh, cool, she's from Cleveland. She's going to have this great support system. She's going to have all this. And it comes to find out, I mean, she said the same thing you did. It was like walking into never right. And, you know, she said they all looked at her like she was stupid when she first said it. And I thought... Yeah, and... You know, I mean, I think that, I mean, AIDS has its own stereo, you know, graphic. I can't think. What's wrong with my verbiage? Stereotypes. Today? But anyway, <laughs> yeah, stereotypes, regardless. But when you're a woman, it seems to, like, take those stereotypes and take them too, 
two steps backwards. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's I agree. Just, it's bad. I mean, you, you try to be like yourself and you try to be just forward and honest, but there's no one else like you because there's, it's, you know. It's well, really hard to think that is. I think, think it's because it's so hard to, for women to come out and talk about it. I don't think Probably it's, because it's not socially socially acceptable. I think that in the in the gay in the in the gay men's society, there it is. It's not saying it's socially acceptable, but you have a group of HIV positive men, and they stick together, and it's okay to be part of that group. Um, they're they're loving, they're warm, they're accepting, uh, inviting, but HIV positive women don't have that. Right. They just don't well, have that. I can tell you what, I can give you a couple of ladies' names that <laughs> you need to talk to because, I mean, these, these two ladies is out rocking the world like you are. You got and, a pen? Uh, <laughs> uh, do I have a pen? Yeah, I do have a pen. You have a pen? Absolutely. Okay. Yes, I do. Write this. Is it okay if I give my email address? That's fine. Totally up to you. Okay. <laughs> Write this down. Write this down. It's S and then my last name, which is Jaglowski. It's J-A-G-L-O-W-S-K-I at gmail.com. All right. Gmail.com. And you give those ladies my email address because I am an open book and all about making friends and networking. And you're welcome you're like, to email me as well. Yeah, you you really like Sharon. Sharon uh, is we or a bike, biker girl is what we call her. And uh, <laughs> anyways, at the World Aids Conference in Canada last time, she to get attention, she called up on top of the speaker so that everyone <laughs> knew she was there, and she wanted to make sure that they knew that women were positive just as well as men. So, you know, I, I and it's a shame that you have to go through that. It really is. You know, I just want you to know that there's support out there for you. And, you there's, know. Yeah, and I realize that, too. It's ba- You know, it's baby steps, and it's educating one person at a time, and that's I all do. that matters. I think you're doing a great job of that. Thank you. <laughs> well, th- thanks for calling in from Ohio, man. Sure enough. Bye-bye. Thank you. Have a good Bye. night. Bye. And if you would like to call in, you can give us a call at 347-215-9442. Um, somehow, Jeremy, I lost the chat room, but... Yeah, I was gonna say that the chat room's gone. So yeah, I got I somehow I got disconnected. I have to upgrade um, our account, so I'll be taking okay. care well, of that. Okay. Well, the whole too. server's down. <laughs> I think well, the I chat have, server's down. Yeah, whatever. It's yeah. fine. We're still live, and people can still hear us. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, how often do you speak, Shirley? Well, um, until I came to Utah, I probably spoke about every three months. Mm-hmm. Sometimes more than that. Um, for a while there, I was speaking probably two or three times a week. But you know, HIV, you kind of have you're kind of the um, the new kid on the block. And right. once once the and you're only good for what I consider a year. And then after after a year, everybody that is following the circuit has heard you, and they need a new face. And I understand mm-hmm. that. Um, so I kind of got to to the point where I was speaking about three every three months, and I was doing more 
dynamic fundraisers where we were raising, you know, four or five million dollars in a night versus, you know, doing AIDS walks or speaking in colleges or high schools or what have you. And, you know, and I kind of dwindled myself out because I'm I'm going to be 50 this, this year. And um, well, you look and, great, honey. Thank you, baby. <laughs> you know, but I'm going to be 50 in September, and 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 that kind of puts you out of the you know the demographics. And and in California, I I've done so much speaking that you know I was kind of like you know oh do we have to hear from her again? Um, <laughs> you know, and that's fine too because you know it's like everybody needs a new face. They need to know that the disease is still alive and still infecting new people, and that, that what that means is. New people have to step up and be, and be the positive face, um, and that's fine. So I don't know that I'm going to get involved in as much speaking in Utah. Mm-hmm. I think I might. I think I might take a little bit of a back seat and try to encourage some younger people to step forward. I think I might take that role here. That's always good, but for me, I always try to, sorry, Jeremy, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just wanted to say I always try to encourage people who, you know, um, or I guess long-term survivors who are somewhat tired of speaking. Um, My friend Nina, who was just on the show um, maybe like two months ago, and um, she contracted HIV when she was very young, and she is now, I want to say, 25, so she's been living with HIV for almost 25 years. And she's like, said the same thing with you. She's like, you know, people are tired of hearing my story. I've been out there too long. And I told her, I was like, but it's people like you who make people like me start out speaking because they see you out there living with it for 25 years or 10 years or whatever the case may be, and that gives me hope. So always remember yeah. that you can always offer other people hope because <laughs> people hear you a hundred times. Yeah, that's true, and that's what I meant by, like, I might take the role of, like, you know, speaking to other people that are HIV positive to encourage them to speak out versus being out in the public limelight. You know, I'm I'm just, I, I, I'm personally, like, at 50, I'm just, like, you know. <laughs> I'm ready to live my life. <laughs> I'm over being ridiculed. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, you never know who you're speaking to. You'll either get those people that just want to shake your hand and congratulate you for being, you know, this hero, and you're like, I'm not a hero, I'm just surviving a disease, to Mm -hmm. the people that are just like, you know, burning crosses on your front yard. Right. And, you know, and I'm kind of over that. And and I'm not saying that the, the new speakers will get that, but we need those new speakers to keep the new face, to keep to let people know that the p- pandemic is not over. Right. And that's one of the things that I try to do with Paz I Am and, and the radio show is to encourage people who are newly diagnosed to come and share their story on the show. And we've actually gotten people who um, are coming up in August who are like, I've never shared my story at all. And this is the first time I'm ever going to share my story. Is that okay? And I'm like, that's perfect. You know what yeah, I mean? Because we I mean, want people to know. And this is the idea forum to do that in because, mm-hmm. you know, your face is not out there. You're, you know, anybody can be Shirley. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's like I'm, I can come on being Sarah and who's to know, but yet you can still share your story in a safe, controlled environment. Right. Exactly. And, and it's, it's funny that you should say that because I just, I just posted a blog today and, um, 
and and I'll just be honest, I got it right out. I mean, this is all statistics, and it's it's apparent that we just aren't doing enough. And um, we do need more people out there who are willing to fight the fight and who are willing to, um, I guess, fight the fight is the right word, is the right phrase. Because, you know, you do get to a point where it's just, you know, am I really cutting it anymore? Am I taking, you know, and, and I think when you recognize that, it's the right time. Yeah, and I yeah, I agree with you 100%. Activism has definitely take, taken a back seat to, um, to just complacency. And people, we definitely need some activists. Yes. And that means putting yourself out there and being able to accept the haters and, you know, like the Dwayne's and the caller before Dwayne and just being able to accept the graciousness and say thank you and I love you too. Right. And which is hard and, for which is hard for a lot of people. I mean, the ridicule is one thing, but you know, I mean the HIV I don't believe anybody with HIV should be put on a pedestal. I mean I'm no better than anyone else with HIV just because I'm on this radio show or just because I've raised you know, money or done AIDS life cycle or I'm on the board of directors, I'm still just an individual living with HIV. That's it. That's all I am. I think you hit it on the head right there. It's because I think we've politicized it so much. And um, we have, in some respects, I I think that we have romanticized um, HIV um, a little uh, or a lot. Well, I had to move, when I moved to Utah, I went down to the Utah AIDS Foundation because I needed some assistance, and because my with my new job, my medical insurance doesn't take effect for 90 days. Right. So I needed some help with medical in between those 90 days. Excuse me. And they asked me, I need proof that you're HIV positive. And I'm like, okay, here's my prescription for my tripla. Nope. I need I need a HIV test. And I was like, okay, not a problem. I mean, I understand. I know that there's disease chasers out there. Right. You know, those were big in the 90s. I don't know that it's still a big deal now, but, you know, they were big in the 90s. And, you know, and, but it just shows that there's still people out there that are pretending to be HIV positive that aren't to try to get all these benefits that we supposedly get, but aren't available because of all the budget cutbacks, and it is romanced. Mm-hmm. But it's nothing to be, I mean, honestly, how many of your readers and, or your listeners and how many people that are associated with Pause I Am community would honestly say that, you know, I would choose to be positive just to get some resources? Yeah. Come on. Right. You know, come on. Yeah, I don't think anybody would choose. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the only people that would choose to be to say that they want to be positive because the resources are the ones that neg- are negative. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Who, and, and those are the folks that don't realize what it's like to go through every day. You know, yeah. waking up. And sometimes you just don't, you feel it's, we still have this disease, no matter how much, 
or how many meds that we throw down our throats. There are some days that I just don't feel good. Right. And, you know, it's a disease. It, it, just because it's not showing, because and studies are showing, and I can rattle off all the statistics, but just because you show undetectable in your bloodstream does not mean that you don't have any virus in your blood or in your body because the virus is hiding in the endocrine system, and it's still replicating. Just because it's not in your bloodstream doesn't mean that it's not there. Right. Right, and it goes beyond that because, yep. you know, then, then you worry about if you are one of those people that speak out, okay, you know, yourselves included, and me, you know, and you, what happens if when you go apply for a new job? What if they Google your name? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, exactly. if my new employer who's Mormon goes and Googles my name, he is going to have a rude awakening. Yep. You know, so it, it goes beyond just the fact that you're living with the side effects of the medication and you're living with the side effects of being HIV positive. You're either living in the closet with these side effects or you're speaking out and then you have twice as much repercussions or potential repercussions. And you know what the sad part is, is if it was cancer, it would be a totally different story. Oh, my God. I'd have every Mormon on their knees praying for me every Sunday. Right? (laughs) They would pay my rent, my car payment, and be bringing me food. That's right. Seriously. It's sad. Yeah. I mean, if it was cancer, if it was diabetes, if it was anything but AIDS, I mean, I would be like, yeah. I would be like Queen Lashiba walking down the street on, you know, Oh, my God, help her. <laughs> oh, you're crazy. Exactly. Uh, uh, you're I want to be Queen Lashiba. Queen Lashiba. <laughs> Please. That's funny. I, I want white horses. <laughs> Someone oh, brush you, my hair. Can you believe that we are down to two minutes left in the show already? Wow. <laughs> flies by when we got attractive women on the show, doesn't it, Jeremy? That's right. You know, when we have our estrogen quota, uh-huh. we get it. <laughs> the time goes by. Oh, I appreciate funny. the compliment, gentlemen. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call my husband and say, you know what? Not only do I have plenty of estrogen, but I'm attractive. <laughs> That's right, baby. Don't, don't you wish you were in Utah. Exactly. <laughs> Well, Shirley, thanks for calling in and being on Pause I Am Radio this evening. We greatly oh appreciate it. Oh, my gosh. It. Thank you so much for having me. And when it you was have something else guys. coming up, let us know, and, and we can have you come back on and talk about it. Any, any of your Pause Peddler events and things, let us know. Love it. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks again, Thank Shirley. You. Have a great day. All right. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, everyone, oh. I want to thank you all for tuning in. She is awesome. I love her. Um, you know, I, I checked out her Facebook profile when I when I when somebody first suggested her to come on, and it was an amazing. Her wedding pictures are beautiful, and I just got such a good energy from her. So I knew that it was um, a good person to have on the show, and her energy was just so great and upbeat, and she was so educational. Um, we're winding down to the last minute, so I just want to remind everyone: you can find more about me, Jeremy, and Shirley all at PauseIM community, um, and you can also find stuff about Jeremy on his personal website and blog at PositivelySpeaking.com. That's Positively with a Z. And um, 
this Wednesday coming up, we are going to have Lonnie Lefevre, who has been positive for 29 years and counting. He is also co-infected with Hep C. Lonnie lives in a small rural farming community in Ohio, and he chooses he chose not to seek treatment earlier, but is now on treatment since losing friends in the early years. Lonnie has been arrested and charged with attempted murder and spent three and a half years in prison after being accused of intentionally infecting another person. So he will come on and share the rest of his story on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Jeremy, have a great night, and I'll talk to you next Sunday. All right. Sounds good. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye.